What's up, everybody, and welcome to a year-end edition of The Sam's Report. This will be the last one for 2017, which is kind of hard to imagine. Uh, the year is now over. 2017's gone. Good year, bad year. You know, that's kind of a personal thing. Um, and I hopefully hopefully you had a you know better-than-average year, a good year. I feel like I had an okay year. You know, ups and downs, just like anybody else in the world. Um, but as I like to do at the end of the year, this is the episode that everybody asks for at some point throughout the year. It's the what I use episode, mostly because there's not a lot of news. Um, we'll hit something really super high here in a second. And um, it's always kind of good for me to kind of put like a, a benchmark or a line in the sand and say, you know, at this point in time, I was using this stuff. And I watch how I evolve, not only as a podcaster, a writer, um, creator of things, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, but just to see how technology evolves and what changes and what doesn't. But the first thing that's obviously super important here is Apple finally admitted that uh, old iPhone batteries, like one that's like in here, uh, they actually do throttle down the CPU to make sure that the <laughs> to make sure that the phone um, doesn't shut off and all that good stuff. You know what? It, it's I, I, what Apple is doing here. It, technically to me is fine to some extent the problem here was the transparency and the lack of control for the end user so that is it that, that's the issue is that apple should have because i'm sure everybody's probably read this stuff to death if you're not familiar with it it's as phones age the battery degrades a little bit and so they throttle down the cpu to make sure the battery life is improved in theory uh with a slower clock speed but here here's kind of my hot take on this that that idea is fine. I believe I do fully agree that batteries degrade. That's not some big thing, and that slowing down the CPU is one strategy to help maintain better battery life. Fine, you know that's fine from a technical perspective. Be transparent and let people know that you're doing that because it's been that urban myth that every time a new iPhone comes out, your old one slows down. And actually, yeah, it was true. And the fact that you don't have any control over it unless you buy a new battery. It was crap. It, Apple did a very poor job of explaining it. Um, they they hid this from the public too long, and they should allow you to opt out. They should let you see the trade-offs. Give you you know bury it very deep in the settings. Make it something only a power user will know. But just let you know give the option, which is very unApple like. But whatever. And so that is that. Uh, you can now replace an old iPhone battery for twenty nine bucks instead of seventy nine, which is kind of crazy to think about how much margin they were actually making on that old stuff. But kumbaya, life goes on. Let's. Uh, Let's dive in here, shall we? Gosh, that overexposure is kind of driving me nuts. Like, you can see how bright it is there. Logitech, not not doing so hot today. Uh, whatever. All right, so we're going to dive into what I use to do everything. And so starting with the base computer, I use an Intel uh, Core i7-6700K. Uh, graphics card is a 980Ti, although I moved it sitting right behind me here. Uh, well, if I go like that, the NVIDIA Titan V is right there. Although I got to return that to Ryan here uh, shortly. 16 gigs of RAM, uh, Samsung 850 Evo SSD on a Crate Gaming MOBO motherboard. Now, that is just kind of the base machine. That There's nothing too crazy about there. And to be honest, I might be changing that here soon. Uh, I'm tempted to build one. Um, because you kind of have that itch and um, these podcasts are a little bit more stressful than the machine and we might be updating some of the podcast stuff which is going to put more <laughs> more stress on my machine and who doesn't want to build a new machine when you're given the opportunity so we'll see if that happens 
But the other thing that is in this machine, and I have a very love-hate relationship with thing, it is a it's called a Black Magic HD capture card. Now, what this allows us to do is for the other podcast that I do with Paul called First Ring Daily, which is done in this studio back here. You can see there's my hand. We use a better camera. And that it has zoom functionality. It's a Canon something or other. It was like 800 bucks or whatever. But the thing is, is it kicks out an HDMI signal. And I use that Blackmagic card to bring it into XSplit, which is the software that I use. And so that card is very, 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 very finicky about when and where it will work. For example, this shot that you're looking at right here is not actually a direct feed from that card into XSplit. Actually, what I'm doing, because I couldn't get it to work and I need it later today, is I have OBS, which is an open broadcast software, I think is the name of it, or open broadcast suite, opened on another monitor, and the capture card is being recognized by that software. And I'm actually doing a screen capture of that software and bringing that into XSplit. Uh, I, I really like XSplit, but for some reason, when I'm trying to use that graphics card, I keep saying it's already in use or something, but clearly uh, it worked with OBS and it works with Skype and it works with a couple other different applications. So it's definitely, definitely just XSplit that is causing that problem. And so I don't know. But anyway, so that is the capture card that we use with the Canon cameras to give us a better picture and all that. Now the microphone, this one right here is the Blue Yeti Pro. Uh, there's also just a Blue Yeti that I have. Uh, the reason why I use this particular mic is that there's uh, an XLR port on the bottom of this thing. You can't really see it unless I turn the mic over, which I don't want to do because it might break the setup. Um, right now it's over USB. But I do have a, a Bear, Behringer uh, mixer that I use on occasion that I need the XLR input for on this microphone. That's particularly why I use this one. This is just a Rode generic arm. And actually, this this little thing here, I hacked. I didn't, shouldn't say I hacked. I kind of pieced it together. It's not actually supposed to look like this, but this works exceptionally well. The mic actually sits a lot lower down in here. And so I kind of rigged it up so that it sits up much higher because otherwise I would have like this thing in front of my face, like this big round, that big round thing. And I, I don't really want that. Uh, from a camera perspective, I already talked about the Canon back here. This one, I'm actually using a Logitech C920. I might update that one to the Logitech Brio here in the next year. Um, they, they work fine. The big thing when it comes to podcasting, in which it's funny because I've screwed it up for today. I don't know what I changed, uh, is lighting. Lighting is more important than anything else. It is exceptionally bright in here right now. You guys have no idea how bright it is. Um, actually, if you kind of look over on this scene, you can see one of the LED panels right there. I have, uh, what is it? It kind of looks like a couple of lights are burnt out, but that's uh, just a weird reflection. Um, I have six of those panels and those are ICANN LED LB5 light panels. There's six of them in here. Do not look how much up how much they cost because they are absurd. A um, couple hundred dollars a piece. But what they allow you to do is they give you really fine grain control over lighting um, between the blues and the yellows to help kind of balance the lighting. And you can see there's two on my face right now. There's one back actually up here. You can kind of see a little bit of hot spot up here. There's actually one down here that's turned off. And then there's one back there you can see that's putting a spotlight over there. And then on the other side of the TV, uh, there is one as well. And in total, there are six of them to keep this place kind of evenly lit. And the key here, if you're wondering why lighting is so important, if you notice, there's no, sh no real shadows behind me. You can see a little bit one right there. But when you're doing this stuff, if there's a bad shadow behind you, like if I was doing like this and you could just see a shadow going across that white wall, it's 
I don't know if I could get it set up to where I could show you. It is very, very distracting. And so a lot of the lighting, yes, there's lighting on my face, but a lot of it is focused on this background so that there's even backlighting. You can see it's relatively even. There's a light bulb right above my head. All right, whoa, right there. That kind of gives a hot spot. But my big fat head is in the way, so you can't really see it. And so I've got some messy blue lighting right there that I got to fix. Uh, but the shadows behind you make a huge huge negative impression. So getting rid of those is a big pain in the ass. And specifically when we're doing the podcast over here, shadows are where a big problem. And so it took a lot of work to get the lighting even and to make sure that every time I move my head, it didn't look like there were three of me moving because of the, the different angles of the lighting. So if you're thinking about setting up a podcast or doing something like that, be very conscious of the lighting because that, that makes a big difference. Also, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. To, you can use a cheaper camera with better lighting. Um, see, that's what the lighting's supposed to look like. We, we, you can see there my face, and then it kind of readjusts here. Good job. <laughs> I don't know why it, it keeps changing, but anyways. Um, when you use really high-quality lighting or a lot of light, you can actually use a cheaper sensor and get away with it. It's kind of like one of the cheaper ways to, to get a podcast up and running. Invest a lot in lighting. Use a cheaper light because and then the sensor isn't as uh, dependent on trying to absorb as much light or opening the iris, I believe is the technical term. And so... That is uh, kind of how we make this part possible. Now, for my monitors here, I'm actually going to switch to, I think it's this view. So this gives you actually a really good view of what I'm sitting at right now. So I have two uh, Dell 27-inch uh, P2715Q monitors. Those are 4K monitors. They're pretty good. I like them. They are not glossy. They're not G-Sync. They're not anything. They're just pretty good 4K monitors. They're not the highest and 4K monitors, but they're not the cheap crap. Um, they're about 400 bucks a piece. You can get them on sale up into the upper 300s. Um, pretty good deal. I like them. You know, I'm not planning on swapping these out anytime soon. And then next to it is just a random Samsung 27-inch monitor. I have no idea what the model number is. This is a cheap bargain bin one. It's a 1080p, not even IPS, and it's pretty much terrible. Uh, when it, compared to the 4K monitor and color reproduction and all that good stuff. But what it does is it gives me another monitor. And typically when I'm doing uh, a podcast with Paul or anybody else, I will put their face on there. That way when I'm sitting looking at the camera, which you can see just up above to the right, I'm acting like you guys can see where I'm pointing. Um, I can, it kind of looks like I'm looking at him. Now down below him or below that camera is an Amazon Echo Show. I don't want to say the name. And that's what I use to control all the lighting in my office. It is all Philips Hue based now. I used to use these iHome switches, but they became very finicky after about a year, year old. And I don't really recommend them anymore. Um, and so this whole entire office runs off of, of Hue lighting. And then next to it is the... Uh, I gotta be careful here. The Microsoft smart speaker, I don't want to say the name because it'll activate it, from Harman Kardon that I use um, just on occasion as well. Next to that, you can see one of the LED lighting panels. Up in the very top above that, you can kind of see the bottom corner of one. Then there's the Xbox One S. There is the Surface Studio. Um, actually, that looks like the full house kind of background, but it's actually uh, just the screensaver. And then that's the standard, let's see, Surface Studio keyboard, the Surface Dial. And then I have a Surface Pro right there. And next to that is the DJI Osmo Mobile, which is what we use for on-the-road uh, behind-the-scenes footage because it's a gimbal. It keeps things relatively stable. I'd like to upgrade that at some point too, but you know, there's a limiting factor called money involved here. And then so this is the view from that other podcast desk. That is a Surface Book 2, 15-inch. And then you can kind of see just the rest of my messy-ish office about where I am sitting 
right now. And so, okay, so that's kind of a quick look at the hardware, but all of this comes together in what is called the magical world of software. And so the primary software that I'm using right now is what's called XSplit. I believe you can get it free for a little bit. I end up paying, it seems like something like 30 bucks every three months or something like that for it. I might be switching over to OBS. We will see just because it seems to, I don't know, work a little bit better with the Blackmagic. Although I do have a strong love for XSplit because I know it very, very well. And what XSplit allows you to do is allows you to pop in things like this. So you can see it kind of does a nice little fade in there. Um, I'm trying to see, you know, it just, it makes switching scenes between everything very, very nice and easy when it wants to play nice. It is like any other quality piece of software it is finicky now what you use this xsplit software for is this streams it out to youtube and so what i have on my monitor right now is dead smack in the middle is me looking at my own face that's how i know i keep becoming overexposed uh and then on the right i have docked is youtube so i can see the the chat room and make sure that uh, i'm not screwing anything up hopefully in theory and then on the left, I use OneNote. I use OneNote for all the notes uh, for the show. Uh, Paul and I also use it for First Ring Daily, and I know that Paul and Mary Joe also use it for Windows Weekly. It's just a very easy way to do note collaboration. Nothing real fancy here, generally just a bullet point list of what I want to run through and things to talk about. And so, um, XSplit, you know, it's very easy to launch something like this. You can go get a Logitech C920, Get you don't even need a, a microphone, although I highly recommend um, not using the built-in webcam one because you'll sound like you're in a cave. And then XSplit and YouTube and you've got a podcast. And so I throw everything up on SoundCloud, which actually in hindsight I shouldn't have done. And that's what's powering my RSS feed that kicks this podcast out to the like 7,000-ish people who listen to it on a weekly basis. Well, that plus YouTube. And the the downside is, is that I'm kind of strangled by SoundCloud. I need to figure out how to get ownership of my own RSS feed in the event that they would shut down. I'm sure there's a way to do it. I just haven't invested the correct amount of time to actually do it. So, but that's really all you need to get a podcast up and running. And then from there, so I use XSplit. Um, on my desktop, I use an app called RainMeter. It just provides little stats. Uh, I think desktop gadgets, but not provided by Microsoft because they killed all that stuff off because that was cool. But for editing, so editing is something that you can inevitably going to have to do. There's two ways that I do this. I have uh, Adobe Premiere Elements, which is actually kind of the watered down version of Adobe Premiere Pro. I use Elements primarily for most of the editing because it's really simple. Um, it's I think you can get it for like 60 bucks. It's not terrible. Very easy to use, very user friendly. Um, quite powerful, to be honest, for what it is. You can do some uh, minor color grading. You can do some audio adjustments and all that stuff. And so that's what I use probably 90% of the time for video editing. Now, if things kind of get awry or I need to do some fancy transitions or I need to cut something out of a, a clip, uh, I do have Adobe Premiere Pro that I do use about 10% of the time, especially if there's issues with the audio. Uh, Premiere Pro does a much better audio correction, uh, video stabilization, as you would expect. I mean, it's um, significantly more expensive, but it's also a lot more complex. And so for just quick, easy edits, Premiere Elements works better for me personally. Um, and it, it just, it's easier to use. It's consumer grade video editing, which I suspect for 90% of the population would be just fine. And then I also do a duplicate recording in a program that's free called Audacity. I love Audacity. Um, it, it just allows you to record. It's very simple, very straightforward. There's nothing too crazy about it. And then Photoshop as needed. 
And so uh, when it comes to writing, I use an app called Appy Text. I've talked about it many times. It's a great simple writing app from the Windows Store. It's a couple bucks, I think four bucks or something like that. Well worth it. Although I am tempted, there's a new one coming out called IA Writer, which is huge on OS X or Mac OS, iOS and Android. Uh, very simple, clean um, writing tool. Um, it's coming to Windows. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but it's supposed to be here in 2018. And I'll more than likely give that a spin just because I'm a I enjoy punishment and learning new software. For task management, I use Todoist. Todoist is great. Um, it, it syncs. It's on everything. It's a, it, There's a free version, which you can definitely do. And um, yeah, so Todoist is what we use. And so somebody just asked if I can put links to everything that I use. Um, yeah, I, I can do that in the comments below. I'll have to figure out how to do that. Actually, I should not say I have to figure out how to do that. Oh, more than likely, I just have to go find um, some of the bigger bigger things. I mean, the really things you need to just kind of purchase are a mic, uh, webcam, and some lighting, and then you're you're up and running with a, a decent setup. Uh, for music, Spotify. Mail is probably the biggest change because I use email a lot. I now use Newton Mail. I really like it. It's very expensive for what it is. It's 50 bucks for the year. Well, 40 bucks if you sign up and they send you an instant 20% off coupon. For hydration, I really like these things, these V8 energy things. I just, I, I don't know. I just like them. But Newton Mail is pretty cool. Uh, they now have a calendar app as well. It's very nicely done. And so, yeah. Uh, for mass communication, <laughs> Skype, I, I can't seem to get away from it. Everyone's saying, use Telegram, use all this other stuff. Trust me, folks, I would love to. The problem is, is that there's too many people on Skype that I use or that I talk to and so it's just too hard. Like if everybody would move, then yeah, sure. I would absolutely, I have no connection to Skype. It's, I don't like it personally, but I'm kind of stuck with it because our business uses it. Uh, a lot of our business contacts have Skype and Skype and Skype for business. You just can't get away from it, uh, unfortunately. And then one question I keep, I got asked a lot is financial stuff. So I use an app called pocket guard. It is free. And I think I can show it here without giving away too much information. Please don't steal my identity here. But I'll kind of show you why I like this app. I'll try to throw it up here. Um, it does line items and all that stuff. But I know there's a lot of people who use YNAB. It's called You Need a Budget. Um, but this is more um, just kind of budget tracking. And so here you go. This is kind of, this is the only reason I like this app. I shouldn't say the only reason. This is why I use this app. If you can see here, see that? It, said, it breaks down exactly how much you've spent in the month of December. And so you can see that big chunk, that big house part, that's my mortgage. And then it kind of breaks down your other types of expenses. So really what I was looking for in a financial app was to say, okay, um, how much money am I spending in total? Just as a you know, high level 50,000 foot view, how much of that is going to food? How much of that is going to entertainment? How much of that is going to gas and all that kind of stuff? And this does it exceptionally well and it's free. And you can link all your stuff to it. I'm sure they are selling my information. And that's how they're making money. There is a very much a premium and pro version. I just stick to the basics because I just need line item. And essentially at the end of the month, I want to look and say, okay, here's where all my money went. And that's, it's called pocket guard and it, it does that. And so, uh, I posted up on Twitter. People had questions about, about what I use. And I actually got a lot of very good questions that I want to dive into here. So the first one actually comes from, whoa, I double clicked that and shouldn't have. 
uh, comes from my buddy Alex, and he does a lot of podcasting as well. He says, how to best handle out-of-studio guests, audio lags, mic prep, etc. So this is something we do fairly frequently with First String Daily, uh, where you have an external guest. It, it, it's tough because a lot of people don't understand that audio quality and video quality really matter when you're doing a video interview. Like, there's no magic on the other side. So one of the things, the first thing we do is whenever we have a guest is that we prep them by telling them explicitly what they need. We say you need a wired connection. Don't ever try to do it over Wi-Fi. That's a very bad idea. Uh, we tell them that they need a third-party mic. You do not use a built-in laptop microphone because it will sound terrible. Even just a very $5 headset that's sitting next to your mouth with a little foam thing over it will sound so much better than the Realtek um, built-in mics like on a Surface Studio or whatever they're called. And then the webcam is typically okay on a laptop. It's good enough, but really the angle is the bigger thing. What you can't see here, um, actually you can kind of see it here actually, is you can see how much higher, uh, if you look at my monitor, if you can see how much higher the webcam is than my monitor, it's kind of hard to see there, but it's about five and a half inches or so. And that makes a big difference from the view that you see of me. Uh, if it was lower, you would, uh, like right now, like it's, it's five and a half inches above and it's kind of pointed down and it gives you a better perspective and kind of makes you look a little bit just cleaner. It's hard to explain why, but if I were to lower this and you had a straight on view, it you would be like, oh man, that kind of looks weird. And so getting that extra height in there actually really helps. And that's so we will tell the third party guests, if you have a third party webcam, definitely use it and get it up as high as you can above that monitor without you know stressing or, or straining or whatever you want to call it. Now, the lag is something that is very real, and it's tough. Paul and I do a pretty good job of it. If you go watch First Ring Daily about dealing with it, it's not very long, but what's tough is talking over one another. It's very hard, and we, Paul and I, stumble over it all the time, but not as much as we used to. If you go watch the first one, uh, we've gotten much better at dealing with it. And so what you kind of understand is that when you're done talking, you have to wait about a second because it, there's latency of the recording, there's latency of getting it to the other person. And so you kind of build that buffer in and then I kind of wait to see if he's going to start talking. And so you kind of have to have that natural cadence of, of all that stuff. And so I forgot to turn my furnace off. So hopefully that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't impact the sound. But to, specifically to Alex, get a, get a different mic. Um, you might even be better off getting a better webcam so that you can position it yourself. And then just be prepared for latency. You're going to have to learn to work with that extra buffer. Um, and once both parties are on board, it's easier. It's really tough with third-party guests who don't know it. And so you kind of have to be super cognizant of them when they get started. So good question by Alex. Uh... Scott asked, and I wasn't really quite sure what his question was. He said, what are child behavior items? So I have a four-year-old. And one of the things, I'll just talk about what we got her for Christmas, is uh, I wrote up this post recently that we're trying to stay away from the digital entertainment for as long as we can. We know that iPads and laptops and stuff and phones are, are going to take over her life at some point, but we're trying to hold off as long as possible. So for Christmas, we got her a guitar and microphone. Um, those are like the big gifts. And so she, you know, she's singing and making all sorts of noise. Uh, we also got her some mechanical thingies that allow you to build robots and magnetiles. I'm, I love magnetiles. They're kind of like adult version. I, I don't, I didn't have them as a kid. Maybe they existed, but they're kind of like panels that stick together with magnets and you build like awesome structures and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, Raphael asks a very good question. And so if you don't know this about me, I somehow I got very, very much associated with tater tots and I don't, I'm not upset by this. Uh, I love tater tots 
And it, this has been an ongoing thing. It started, I think, with Mary Jo Foley and I. And so people send me tater tot tweets every week. And I love it. I love it. Because one, it's so different from the tech world. Two, they're delicious. And three, it helps me kind of plan out where I'm going to go when I'm visiting places. Uh, Donna Sakar sends me all the time. And so do a bunch of other people. And Raph said, hey, what were your best tater tots uh, thus far? The, the best tater tot dish I think I have had was in at ignite which i'm very pumped this is happening there again i believe it was called world of beer and they had it was a tater tot dish that had uh tater tots queso sausage and pepperoni and jalapenos like all mixed together some sort of like potato medley and it was uh cardiac filling and it probably you know took a couple years off my life but it was absolutely absolutely delicious absolutely delicious uh, Jeremy asked, Jeremy Sinclair, he says, talk about the financial software. And that's where actually I got the idea to talk about pocket guard. So they're pocket guard, uh, password locker. I use LastPass. Now I use LastPass a little bit differently. I don't like its integration with the browsers because it tends to just screw up. Uh, like it, it just kind of, it doesn't work or it can be really annoying, but I use LastPass is what we use. And so I typically just keep a tab open with LastPass, log in when I need to, go find my password, copy and paste. I know there's better ways to do it, but every time I try to use the browser extension, it just seems to not work perfectly. And so uh, LastPass is what I use. And then to stay organized, I use Todoist. I have to, um, as I've taken on more roles at BWW Media Group, just keeping organized of the different clients, the different projects and the different timelines. Todoist has been a, a wonderful um, <laughs> a wonderful addition to my workflow. And that happened the second half of this year. Uh, Mahedi Mahidi asks how to play golf. I didn't think he was joking. Uh, but my answer about how to play golf is poorly and have fun. I loved golf. I absolutely loved golf. And I am absolutely terrible at it. But you know what? It's about going out there and relaxing. Uh, one of the best quotes I've ever heard about golf, or really, honestly, anything in life, is that I'm not good enough to be mad right? I'm not playing for money. I'm going up there to have a good time and I'm only playing against myself. So I just remain an optimist. If I slice the shit out of ones into the woods, which happens, um, you know what, just screw it and go on with life. Uh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to be mad. Uh, what else? Zach asked what toothbrush I have. Um, generic one from the grocery store. I, I, yeah, my wife would actually be, uh, be, a good person to ask. Uh, Doug Gray, who actually lives in the area, says, why do you choose to live in Cincinnati? So I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. A uh, couple reasons. One, I grew up in this area. And two, family is here. Three, I don't have to worry about hurricanes. Four, uh, we get all the seasons. Um, but I can't really say I live here for the professional sports teams. Big Bengals and Cincinnati Reds fan. And both of them have been terrible the past few years. But it's more realistically, it's just, it's a, it's a cheaper area of the country to live. Um, you know, family's here. I like the area. We, we get snow, we get a lot of sun, we get all the seasons and, um, that's really about it. We have a great airport, actually one of the best in the, the country when it comes to, uh, regional airports. And so it just kind of works. Um, would I like to live on a beach? You better believe it. Do I want to deal with hurricanes? Mm, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, what were some of the other questions? Uh, KL asks uh what mixed reality headset do you use if any i don't actually have one um i had an htc vive for a while and then when i caught wind that microsoft was going to build their own stuff i sold it and to be honest i don't really miss it like i i'm a big gamer 
I mean, I've got an Xbox right back here, and I play PUBG, which players unknown battleground all the time. And um, yeah, so I I haven't really found a, a killer need for a mixed reality headset yet. I'm sure I'll pick one up at some point, but that day is not today. Uh, Rob Falcon asks us, how do you determine what beer you're going to drink on Friday night? Which is actually a very appropriate question. I'm going out with some buddies this afternoon at 3 o'clock uh, for some it's called Pies and Pints. It's a new place in the area that has craft beer and pizza, and we're going there. Um, I, I generally stay on the lighter side of, of beer. Um, actually, I drink a lot of, quite a bit of scotch when I, I am out at a restaurant or whatever, but I do enjoy craft beer quite a bit. Uh, I generally enjoy things that are a little bit more clear because they're not as heavy on the body, and I'm not going to get as bad of a hangover. And so that's kind of it. Uh, Joe Timmons asks, he says, Cryptocurrency. So here, here's more information about my life than you probably care about. I have a very strong financial background, an undergraduate degree in accounting. I have an MBA, and I haven't bought a single cryptocurrency. Um, I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm not saying that it's not the future. I'm not saying that they're nuts. But uh, here, here's the thing. You have a decentralized, unregulated, monetary tool that is prone to manipulation and your investment is not guaranteed or backed or if somebody steals it or if the site goes down, you are not protected. So it is a, an absolute gamble when you buy a Bitcoin because if your exchange like Coinbase goes offline or Mt. Go, as it actually did many, many years ago, Mt. Go completely collapsed and everybody who had Bitcoins with them lost them. There, there's no, there's nowhere to turn. There's no help, unlike the stock market or anything else like that. Um, are people making money? Yes, there are. There's people making tons of money, and it's you have to do your own diligence. And for me, a currency that can be manipulated by anybody at any time with any amount of money, oh, and I should say any amount of money with a large amount of money, is not something that I really want to be a part of. It's a it's a riskier bet than anything else you can do when you're trying to make money. And so the rewards are massive, but the risk is also very, very high as well. So if you get into that, you know, you're, you're just know that if Coinbase decides to steal your stuff, you're out of luck because it's again, unregulated markets. And, um, I'm, I'm watching it very closely. I, I find it fascinating. Uh, the bit ledger stuff is actually very interesting as well. I think to me as a, with a financial kind of, geared brain that side of my life is uh is <laughs> the more interesting part of bitcoin uh streaming setup i covered that i'm using xsplit to youtube uh pc versus xbox choice for gaming so here's the thing xbox is an easier way to game absolutely you just download a game you pick it up and play pc is much more uh you're going to get better graphics, better performance, better gaming experience if you like keyboard and mouse. But it's also you. It's also not a, a level playing field. People can have better specs, better connections. Well, I guess connections is, is an issue there. But um, P, Xbox gaming is a simpler world when you just want to pick up and game and relax. Uh, PC is much more competitive. Uh, it, it, it's much more detail-oriented because you need to make sure you have the right specs. Uh, resolutions and all that stuff. And so I think I enjoy Xbox gaming more, but until PUBG, which is my favorite game right now, is a great experience on the Xbox, uh, I'm going to be playing on the PC. Uh, 
Da, da, da. Home theater equipment. Uh, good question. I don't really have a great home theater. I just have a Samsung TV upstairs connected to some Sonos speakers, and that's honestly about it. Back here is a the best TV in my house, ironically. It's not my living room. Is this one right back here. And actually, I'm <laughs> right back here is the Samsung. Uh, it's a KS8000 55-inch 4K TV. Lovely. Um, yeah. Da, da, da. And then keyboard and mouse. Key, current keyboard is the log or current mouse that you say is a Logitech G. I think it's 502. Can I get this up here? You can kind of see it here. It's a wired mouse, gaming mouse, uh, great mouse. And then my current keyboard is a keyboard uh, Logitech or Logitech Razer or Nada keyboard. So I think that answers. I think most of. Uh, I think that answers most of the questions about everything that I use. <laughs> Uh, if you missed any of that, you know, I'll be throwing this back up here in a second. But um, I think that about wraps it up, guys. That's 30 minutes of everything that I use that I can think of. Uh, the only thing I don't think I didn't say is the speakers that I use down here are these Bose something or other. with It's two speakers and a sub and a little hockey puck thing that you can adjust the volume with. I really like those as well. And so um, I think that about does it, folks. So you have any other questions happy to answer them uh, I, I hope everybody had a good 2017 i honestly hope that 2018 is a better year for everybody uh, technology is changing and all that good stuff and so you know make the most of it and as always guys appreciate everybody tuning in i'll catch you right back here in the new year on the sam's report have a wonderful weekend